Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today, wanted to, the day after 4th of July, Independence Day, wanted to uh, talk about a few different topics that have been in the news recently. It's called the theme of this podcast. The constricting system. But one thing that happened recently that's uh, reassuring in this big, strange country of ours is the uh, ruling by the Supreme Court allowing college athletes to uh, make money off of their name, image, and likeness. Uh, The NCAA had a rule for many years, going back decades, that forbid any college athlete from making money off of their name. Now, the NCAA and the various athletic directors and the various schools could make tons of money off of college athletes. They just didn't have to pay them. What college athletes received was a free education, and that was it. Uh, They were completely on their own for many other things. Uh, But again, other people could profit off of them. Uh, They just were not allowed to get paid. It was a very strange system and it's one that in future years when they look back on how long that lasted where basically young adults going to college playing a sport that and by playing that sport it generated tons of money for these bigger institutions um, that they were not allowed to receive any benefit from that. You know, kind of crazy. But that's been overturned, which is good. Uh, The NCAA should be an organization that makes sure that college athletes are eligible to play the respective sport that they are competing in. And that is it. Uh, Academically eligible. That's it. Um, it, Yeah. Shouldn't really be worrying about um, whether a popular player is getting paid by a video game company to put their name you know, name the video game after them or to, uh, they have a real popular player has jerseys that are being sold and so they're getting a compensation from the jerseys that they're selling or something, you know, or whatever, you know. Um, why do they have to be an amateur? And who who elected the NCAA and who who decided that they have the rights, you know, that they know what's in the best interest of all 18 to 25-year-olds who play a college sport, you know, it's like, why, who, who gave them this authority, you know, 18-year-olds are old enough to join the military, but they're not old enough to earn money, if if they're a college athlete, they must give up certain rights, It's, it's very weird that it's been allowed to go on for so long, justification was something to do with, you know, um, like point shaving scandals and stuff from the back in the day and throwing games. You don't want fixing of games. But um, a, a really, you know, nationally recognized college athlete receiving money from various companies to endorse those products or whatever, uh, that's not a player throwing a game. That's that's a player benefiting. That's a college athlete benefiting from their particular skill set. Um, you know, and while they're still in school, um, 
especially if it's a player that a student athlete that has potential to be a professional in a respective sport um, what, what's the harm in endorsing a product while they're in school uh, other people get get to do that that aren't athletes so it's um it's reassuring when something like that happens because it, it, it's a it was something that should have never been allowed to go as far as it did. Uh, you know, what right does the NCAA have to dictate to, you know, an adult whether or not they're allowed to earn money, you know? And what does you earning money have to do with the sport that you compete in? Why does it conflict with the sort of integrity of the respective sport? You know, how? Why? You know? It doesn't make any sense. And uh, if, if you can make money off of your name for whatever reason, that's your right. You know, if you can market yourself and people want to buy into you, well, that's your right. You shouldn't have that right taken away just because you're really good at sports and you're young and in college. That's a really dumb rule. So when something like that goes away, it's reassuring. However, the system is constricting. It, it, it does very much like suppressing. And one of the ways that people in power who are born into power can retain power is by uh, limiting the upward mobility of people born into the uh, lower ends of the socioeconomic ladder. One of the ways to rise up out of the socioeconomic ladder is for a lot of people is to get not just a free education but to uh, capitalize on your like if you're a young athlete even if you you can make money while in college playing sport endorsing certain products even if you don't turn pro in the traditional sense you, you can make some dough in there you know change your life even if you don't have a a long-lasting pro career you can you know, make some investments with that money that can set you up nice, you know, so you can really choose the career that you want post-college. Again, regardless of whether you ever play in the NBA or the major leagues or the NFL or whatever, it, it, it almost doesn't even matter. Uh, you'll be able to give yourself a, a better shot. And also you'll be able to afford a, a, a more comfortable living while in college and maybe not have to eat like I did, you know, lots of top ramen and, you know, real basic food because uh, we just couldn't afford the good stuff you know but the system is constricting uh, the system doesn't like too many people to have rights um, there's uh, the other ongoing thing that's been going on for a while now is that one of the two major parties is trying to make it more difficult for people to vote and this is happening around the country and that organization is the Republican Party, also known as the Grand Old Party. And they are very set on limiting voting access. And this is very much about constricting the system, making it more difficult for upward mobility, uh, making it more difficult for the government to represent the people. The um, Republican Party does not want democracy, meaning the people um, electing and deciding who our representatives are. Um, Republican Party would much prefer a, a different type of system where it's sort of where only certain types of people 
get to decide who the leaders are. You know, they don't want everyone to have a say in the matter. That they do not support that sort of thing. Um, now, the way they sell it is by saying they're trying to improve the integrity of the election, but this is not what they're doing. What they're doing is making it more difficult for people to vote. And the purpose is to constrict, to make it more difficult for the government to represent the people, because they don't want that. You know, they want to maintain the status quo. You know, Republicans would be very supportive of an NCAA rule that you know bans college athletes from earning money off of their name, image, and likeness. They'd be very supportive of that. Why? Because athletic directors and you know, bureaucrats in the NCAA and other sort of TV execs and stuff, they, they make a lot more money if, you know, they, they don't, they can control, if, if they don't have to pay players directly or something, or if they, they can just keep more of the pie themselves, all this money that's coming in, they don't have to dish out any of it to the players that are generating all the revenue, the actual product on the field. Republicans like that, those sort of things. Anything that sort of benefit the already powerful, the already affluent, they're all for. And they like those sort of things. But things that appeal to the masses, you know, they, making it easier to vote, they, they don't like that. They don't want to make it just automatic that people have the right to vote. Because why? Well, what would happen if there was a greater percentage of the people that were registered to vote and actually voted. Well, there'd be fewer Republicans that would be in office, obviously. Um, you, you know, obviously. The Republican Party's organization protects the interests of the wealthy. So that, you know, they cut taxes for the wealthy and cut taxes for corporations. The vast majority of people know that. Uh, so if you opened up the voting and made it more, you know, automatic and easier for people to vote, fewer Republicans would be represented in office, obviously, because they, they don't create laws that benefit the people as a whole. Uh, they create laws that benefit a very tiny percentage of the people, the people who already have power, you know. And they do all kinds of things to kind of retain that power, you know. So it's kind of, you know, what do you do? Speaking out is definitely good, but uh, the system is vast, you know, and it has all different matriculations or whatever. You know, there's all different sort of forms of the sort of constricting system. Republican Party, the NCAA, various big massive corporations, and they're all sort of intertwined. And uh, they're all very much about suppressing and oppressing upward mobility of the masses to make it as difficult as possible to move up the socioeconomic ladder. Uh, and the reason this is their method is because they believe that would be the easiest way for those that already have power to retain power. The easiest way for them to retain power is to make it more difficult for everyone below them to move up. And so once you're atop that socioeconomic ladder, it's very difficult to fall down, you know. You could be a complete screw-up, fuck up all the time if you were born into the so top 
rungs of the socioeconomic ladder. If you were born a millionaire, it doesn't matter how many times you screw up. You're always going to be wealthy. It doesn't really matter. There's all kinds of things to offset and to, you know, prevent you from ever losing your standing in life. However, if you're born into the lower rungs, the slightest misstep can cause you to be almost literally living on the streets. You know, um, it's it's a tough go. It's a grind, you know. And uh, even if you're working twice as hard as the people several rungs up the ladder, you, you might just be barely staying afloat. And, and this is the way many in power want it, you know. The NCAA, as an organization that sort of had, like, they basically, they had the rights to college athletes for decades. They, they basically owned them, for lack of a better term. They, they dictated to these people during those years what was in their best interest, you know, and decided for them. Basically, against the will, but it's basically if you want to be a college athlete, this is how it is. This is how it goes. If you don't like it, then you'll be ineligible and you won't be able to play in your respective sport or to compete. And there's not much you can do about it. You know, the, the system is likes those kind of things, you know, where you just you don't have much choice. You, you, the only way is through. Um, teaming up in mass with others to to fight it in unison, um, but the system is very good at breaking people apart. You know, dividing. It's one of the main ways the Republican Party stays in power is by dividing the working class. The Republican Party is the organization that represents the interests of the of wealthy. They cut taxes for the wealthy and cut taxes for corporations, and then cut funding to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, public education, and infrastructure. That's what the Republican Party is. In order to stay in power, they have to limit the number of people who vote. Why? Well, because they're the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy, and the vast majority of people do indeed know that. However, there's a strong enough contingency of working-class people that believe otherwise that that organization is able to stay in power. And if they can kind of carve out their electorate just right, make these what are called gerrymandered districts work just perfectly, then they can kind of retain their power, even if the masses, the overwhelming majority of people, do not support that organization. And in fact, maybe even loathe the organization because that organization is com the complete antithesis to democracy. Um, the NCAA is the complete antithesis to free market, sportsmanship, and all that kind of thing. They, they pretend to be that, but, but they're not. You know, they're, they're about greed and power. You know, that's what, it, that's what the NCAA has been about. That's what they really stand for. They pretend otherwise, but they got really greedy, you know, extremely greedy. You know, those people making really good salaries, working for the NCAA, doing quite well, um, and then treating at college athletes like a product that it, it is unworthy and will be deemed ineligible if they earn money off of their name, image, and likeness. It's, it's crazy. Um, there's a lot of weird, constricting things in this system. You know, we yesterday was Independence Day, 
how free are we? You know, I don't know. Because there's, there's a lot of suppressing things that happen just fully out in the open. We just sort of accept it. Gerrymandered districts are very much about oppression. You know, it's, it's about not representing the people adequately. You know, not, not a true representation of the people. Let's, um, let's not have the government be of the people. You know, it's a very much a strong movement uh, to have these various powerful entities and organizations that aren't really, truly in the people's interests. A lot of these big, massive corporations, you know, it, you don't have a choice in many areas. That's just what you have to use. That's, what you, that's where you have to go. You don't have an option to go otherwise, you know. So I don't know. It's good to think of ourselves as the land of the free and home of the brave and all that sort of thing, but we have to realize there's a lot of constricting and suppressing forces in this country, and they are very adamant about continuing to do what they do. They're working day and night to sort of suppress freedom for the masses, to gain a certain level of abundant freedom for the people at the upper ends of the socioeconomic ladder. The people who are the most powerful, there's, there's, there's a strong effort among many in government to make sure that those extremely affluent folks have absolute freedom, you know, a, a freedom from any sort of prosecution, a freedom from any sort of hindering of their affluent lifestyle that they've become accustomed. Regardless of what you know, sort of level of expertise they have or how innovative or whatever they are. None of those things matter. If you're born into the club, uh, then you get to stay there. And so there's a lot of people working in government, and that's really their mission is to try, is to preserve the way of life of the wealthy, you know, that, the, that they've become accustomed. And there's all kinds of things to do that, cutting corporate tax rates, allowing the NCAA to dictate to people between the ages of 22, 18 and 22, whether or not they're allowed to earn money. Therefore, you can pay yourselves higher salaries, you know, um, lowering or preventing marginal tax rates that only affect a few thousand people. So there's, there's many people in government that where that's their primary mission, that's their first and foremost mission is to protect the affluent lifestyles of the wealthy. And and they're in government, though, you know. And the problem is, of course, is that there's millions of working-class people who continue to vote for those types of representatives, you know, representatives that are going to cut taxes for wealthy, cut taxes for corporations, approve various laws that retain the power of the already powerful who don't deserve the power that they've already been given. You know, there's too many in government that support that kind of stuff, and but there's and there's too many working class people that support those kind of candidates, and a lot of it's through manipulation and uh, rhetoric. You know, um, say that you're, you know, as you're 
running and your primary focus is going to be cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations and preserving the power of the already powerful and making sure the powerful institutions re continue to stay powerful and corporations continue to get bigger as that is your primary focus as a candidate you'll be talking about other stuff while you run so that people don't think that that's what you're going to do but that is what you're going to do and so um, people get distracted you know and they start thinking about other stuff or whatever um, and they get certain news from certain sources and so they go along with the candidate that's running on whatever you know um, I don't know what would be the pro NCAA college athletes shouldn't get paid thing but there's probably some Republicans that are trying to find a way to pretend or to speak out against the new ruling and, and, and somehow say that it's I don't, I'm not really sure what the argument would be from the conservative side about why name image and image and likeness would be a bad thing um, but you know there's certainly Republicans that are finding a way to be against it I'm sure um, it's just I don't know this country just has me scattered right now that's why this podcast is probably a little more rambling disconjointed the country feels disconjointed feels lost because there's so much going on all at once you know there's real live active ongoing vigorous efforts to suppress Americans right to vote while at the same time college athletes now have the right to earn money off of their name image and likeness so there's like these this sort of weird counterbalance um, but then you know the big one though is that one's it doesn't really quite balance out it's it's good that college athletes can now make money off of their name image and likeness I mean those are some golden years if you're a top-notch college athlete in whatever sport especially if it's a sport where maybe there isn't a lot of options in the pro ranks and you can earn some money that helps a lot you know even if you were on a full scholarship anyway it's just a little head start from once you graduate it's a good deal but a way bigger negative than the positive of the uh, name image likeness thing is the fact that the one of the two major political organizations in this country is working day and night to make it more difficult for Americans to vote uh, and there are real life living breathing Americans working class folks who are supporting that effort and you know it doesn't it doesn't make much sense you know why make it more difficult to vote you gotta ask yourself too if like if that's the only way you can stay in power what's going on there maybe you aren't meant to be in power this is a democratic society or at least it's you know pretends to be it tries to be so 
But the Republican Party, as of still to this day, July 5th, 2021, is still the organization that uh, picked and nominated Donald Trump to be president, and they nominated him twice. He, uh, the organization that he run is currently under investigation for tax fraud. Uh, the CFO was recently indicted. He's probably going to be charged with many counts of tax fraud and whatever. He may flip and give up the goods on Mr. Trump. Um, the Republican Party is that type of entity, though. It's the entity that supports that. A man in charge of basically a criminal organization that's been operating fully out in the open for decades has the full support of one of the two political organizations in this country. And millions of working class people still to this day continue to support that particular organization. And that's what the Republican Party is. It's an organization. It's not a set of values. You know, if you say your political beliefs are that you're a Republican, what exactly does that mean? Oh, so you support tax cuts for the wealthy and tax cuts for corporations. If you say no, you don't, well, then you're not a Republican. So what are you? You know, the Republican Party is the organization that cuts taxes for the wealthy and cuts taxes for corporations. That, that's what they do. Yeah. And they also support the political aspirations of one Donald John Trump, the famous con man, bankruptcy of companies and all that sort of thing. They're also the support of, they would also fully support uh, the NCAA and any efforts they have to make sure that it college athletes cannot receive money off their name image and likeness. They would love stuff like that. Yeah, they would certainly think that's great. Yeah, because that would make a lot of certain many athletic directors happy. Those athletic directors could keep more money in their pocket and all that sort of thing. And Yeah. Public parties, the organization that would very much support uh, making it very difficult for you to vote and uh, just sort of not counting your vote because they just don't feel like it or maybe because you vote don't vote Republican so they'll just say that your vote is invalid so they're the organization that does that yeah interesting now that is what they are you know they are that um, big massive corporations are for-profit entities whose purpose is to increase shareholder value it, it's not to um, benefit your community, you know. So it's kind of the same type of thing. There's certain big, massive institutions, very powerful, that operate fully out in the open that are not for you. or They're, they're not there to benefit your community or to you. They're there to earn a profit, and that profit is to be paid out to shareholders. The primary group of those shareholders are going to be wealthy people. If you own a few shares here and there of some companies, you don't really count. Uh, you need to have several thousand shares minimum to for you to really mean anything. Uh, so the bulk of the benefit of all those sort of things is, is to benefit the wealthy. All those corporations, all those big, massive, powerful entities. So we have a lot of institutions in this country that are very much actively, ongoingly, day in, day out, working to retain their power and to suppress those who are not in the upper echelons of the, you know, the affluent. And there's bunches of them, you know. 
NCAA, the Republican Party, various big, massive corporations, pharmaceutical industry, coal, you know, the uh, coal and oil industry, all these sort of big, massive, powerful industries, and they sort of dictate to the society how to be, how to think, and what is appropriate, and what is what is best and in our interests and all that sort of thing and they sort of dictate to us and the sad part is there's millions of working class people that go along with it and they, and they believe these institutions and they uh, you know support these systems that constrict and suppress and then at the same time condone real you know, dastardly behavior or whatever, you know, Trump, like someone like Trump, it's just about as awful as you get it. There's, I can't, I can't really think of a, a, you know, a single positive thing to say about the man. He's just a, a wretched, wretched soul. But, um, you know, the power of sort of an institution supporting a person, or the power of uh, marketing and all that sort of thing. It's amazing what people can think about an, an entity just through marking. There's probably plenty of people that think the NCAA is purely about sportsmanship and uh, fair play and all that kind of thing. That's genuinely the words that they think of. And they don't think greed. It's about greed. That's what the NCAA is about. There's plenty of people that think the Republican Party is about small government. No. <laughs> Christian values balanced budget that organization doesn't have anything to do with those things you know Republican Party ballooned at the size of the budget deficit made it huge more money being spent than what was being brought in and they did it on purpose willingly knowingly you know so they're not balanced budget small government absolutely not they support big massive military budgets they support all kinds of government intervention and all kinds of personal affairs that aren't really any of the government's business. Dictating to people what kind of medical procedures they can have and who they can marry and all kinds of stuff that's really none of the government's business. Things the government needs to stay out of. If it's small, it should be small, focused on the basics. The Republican Party is not a small government entity. It's very much a big, massive, controlling government that dictates to people all kinds of things. What they're allowed to think, what they're allowed to say, you know, how they're allowed to feel about certain things. And it's just, no, you know, that's not small. Is Republican Party Christian values? No, of course not. They picked an antichrist to be president of the United States, a man by the name of Donald John Trump, a famous con man going back decades, a racist, sexist, horrible man. Uh, who just bankrupted companies, cheated on his wife, said racist, sexist things for decades, and just was a whore for publicity. And then later in his life, he became a game show host. He was just a wretched, wretched man, kind of a D-list celebrity. Um, didn't believe in forgiveness. Um, would lie and cheat and steal all the time, and was just a real vulgar, just just awful person. There, there wasn't really much good in the man at all, ever. And um, known criminal associations, etc., etc., etc. Decades in the limelight, always that. He was always that kind of person, that kind of 
fully out in the open bad that nothing redeemable about the man about as far removed from the teachings of Jesus as you can get yet Republican Party says they're the Christian values organization N no they're, they're not they picked an antichrist to be president twice twice they picked him so n n no but the power of marketing you know the average person if you heard what what organization do you think promotes fair play and sportsmanship in college athletics they would probably say the NCAA many people probably would but of course it's, that that's not what they were doing you know they were suppressing so that they could own the rights to college athletes if you ask the average person what political organization is about small government and minimal taxation and balanced budget and fiscal conservatism and all that sort of thing the average person you know, probably going to say the Republican Party, or, you know, whatever, a decent number of people. But that's not what that entity is. And many people in the news allow that entity, though, to say those sort of slogans, you know, promote this sort of marketing of what they're not, and they don't, they don't challenge it, you know. But... If you challenge it enough, eventually things can change, you know. Um, if people start, like, people challenge the NCAA. It's been going on for many, 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 many years. This sort of weird, like, why does the NCAA have the right to tell a person who's over the age of 18 that they're not allowed to earn money? What right do they have to do that, you know? If you're a college athlete playing tennis... Why are you not allowed to give tennis instruction, coaching, you know, tennis coaching lessons, whatever, for a fee? Why are you not allowed to do that? Why are you not allowed to endorse tennis products or something while you're a college athlete? Why? What does it have to do with fair play and stuff or whatever? It's You have a certain skill set that has a certain value to people. You should have the right to receive money for it, you know? It's just, it, but people challenge, so people just challenge the NCAA's authority on the matter. The same needs to start happening with the Republican Party. I'm a, I would say, a fiscal conservative, social liberal, um, small government progressive. Yeah. I don't believe in big government. I believe in small government. Which is why I do not vote Republican Party. Republican Party is not a small government organization. They are not about small government. Um, they're much, very much about the government intervening in all kinds of different types of people's personal affairs. Meddling. Dictating. Suppressing. Oppressing. Harassing. No good. No thank you. You've got to kind of stay out of that stuff, government man. It's not really any of your business. Make sure the roads are paved and work. Uh, the bridges are paved. Uh, make sure the schools are well constructed and well staffed. The hospitals and stuff too. That kind of stuff. You know, make sure we're defended from you know foreign invaders and stuff like that. Uh, and possibly even you know, let's make sure that we have we can defend our allies as well. Defend. Defense should be defense.
you know, purely defense, not not invading other countries and uh, you know, up, you know, doing an imperialist style, whatever. But you know, so in other words, small. Our government should be small. It should be focused on the basic kind of stuff, but not really dictating to people what bathrooms they can use and what type of medical procedures they can have and what type of plants they can grow and ingest and that all that kind of stuff that that's just not really should be in the, the government's business you know it's just not just, just got to stay out of that that's way too much expense and cost and um, overreach but of course ironically enough the Republican Party is the organization that always says that the other one is the one that overreaches but n no no, the Republican Party is is the sort of suppressing type organization. They're the NCAA of government, dictating to people what is in their best interest, even if those people know what's in their best interest, and they know that the things that the Republican Party is doing are not in their best interest. You know, a college athlete who can make a few extra bucks while in college should be able to do that. Yeah, a good legal money. Um, me, a working class person, uh, I'm not going to benefit if uh, the ultra affluent have more money in their pocket. I know that. You know, I know that I would benefit, and other people would, if healthcare was a right, if education was a right, if I graduated college without a a bill, that would have been a benefit. I know that, you know, I don't, the Republican rep can scream from the mountaintop all they want that I'm, I wouldn't benefit from a free education, what, but I, yes, I would, I would have, yes, if I had graduated college with zero debt, that's a clear and obvious benefit, so, so the Republican's message is kind of like the NCAA's message to college athletes for decades, where it's like this powerful entity is telling people what's in their best interest, but the masses of those people know otherwise. You know, we all know that we'd benefit from health care. We all know that we'd benefit from free education. We know that. We know that we would benefit from infrastructure investment. Obviously, you know, bridges and bridges and roads and. Various infrastructure things need to be repaired and looked at from time to time. A new one's constructed. That has to happen. And people do that, and that's a job. And they earn money doing that, and the money they earn, they, they spend in their economy and stuff, in their community. So, you know, yeah. And, and then when you're doing that, fewer bridges and whatnot have problems and collapse. So that's good, you know. Uh, and we all know that. Uh, when people who are young and in college can earn some extra bucks and relieve some stress and while they're in college, it allows them to catapult off to whatever they're going to do post-college life. That much easier. It's an easier transition. That sounds good. And the people that are in college, that are college athletes, they know that. You know, The people that were in, in that experience and it's in their past, they know that too. Obviously, it would have been a easier experience along the way if I had no debt when I graduated college and if I had access to free health care. Obviously, my experience would have been 
less stressful. Obviously. We all know that. You know. So what's the argument against such things? Well, these powerful organizations don't really have an argument against. So they have to make them make shit up. You know. NCAA with their ruling that, you know, 18 to 22 year olds who are playing a sport in college shouldn't have any should have few less rights than other students had no argument so they just had to make it up and they would say things about like fair play and sportsmanship or something or they, you know the um, sanctity of amateurism or something but it's just bullshit it, it, it's people wanting to retain power by um, suppressing the rights of others and we sort of allowed it because the people the NCAA was suppressing were college athletes, young adults between 18 and 22 or so. So we sort of allowed it to happen because it was like tradition or something, you know. But the Republican Party, it's, it's just a, a, a bigger, more even more powerful entity that operates fully out in the open. That is an entity that, you know, creates laws that allow the already powerful and already affluent to gain more power and affluence. And that's really what they do. About 50 to 60% of the populace understands that and knows that about that organization. Unfortunately, about 30% or so strongly disagrees because they're, you know, listening to propaganda and stuff and just gobbling it up. And so they, they believe otherwise about that organization. They believe that organization is really trying to fight for their interest and really trying to, you know, improve democracy and stuff. But they're not. It's about retaining power by suppressing the rights of others. And the Republican Party is just doing it on a, big, a bigger, more massive scale. Instead of just people playing a sport at a college, it's... Basically, working class people as a whole. And the Republican Party specifically is working on people that are, you know, minorities or poor. Or they're really trying to cart, because it's a pretty, it's, it's a minority. It's a vocal minority of the public that strongly supports the Republican Party. The Republican Party knows that. So they got to try to, like, etch out where those people are and, and kind of make, like, a little, you know... A district that kind of only has those types of people in it that are going to go with the Republican Party, and it's a weird dynamic because you got like the MAGA folk, which are blue collar working class folk, not making tons of money, kind of scattered around lots of rural areas, small towns, communities throughout the United States, with certain regions where they're more concentrated, Midwest, Idaho parts of Montana and stuff like that. Um, and then you got the opposite end of the Republican Party because the Republican Party is the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy. You also have the other group that supports the Republican Party, which is the extremely affluent, who are not MAGA, but maybe they wave the flag just so... Uh, I don't know, but... There's, they support the Republican Party because they know what the Republican Party is. The ones that are going to personally protect their interests. You know? So, 
with the NCAA losing some of its power, there's hope for me that the Republican Party may be this next institution to start losing some of its power. Um, what it would take is for a massive turnout um, to just vote other options. People just got to stop voting for the Republican Party, you know. Um, what it took for the NCAA is, you know, a lot of people to stand up to it and to more people to voice their concerns about that organization dictating to people what is right for them and all that. More people understanding what the Republican Party is will help there be, in the very near future, a much lower percentage of the populace that votes Republican. Now, who they vote otherwise, is that's, that's, that's an entirely another matter. But the main thing is, is not supporting organizations that are actively working to suppress freedom. You know, we got to stop doing that. Because that's what the Republican Party is about. That's what the NCAA was about. And now they've been reined in dramatically. They no longer have the right to dictate to student athletes, college athletes, what their livelihood can be like. You know, that, that's a massive overreach. How did the NCAA ever have the right to tell an adult that they're not allowed to earn money? How was that a thing that was even legal, you know? And how did the Republican Party have the right to try and constrict and create laws to make it difficult, if not in nearly impossible, for some people to vote? You know, how is that even... How is it legal? You know, they have to be challenged. And so a lot of the Republican laws have to be challenged in, in the courts and... Uh, go up to the Supreme Court, just like the NCAA thing did. Um, and that's, that'll be the question. How badly did the uh, Trump infiltration of the U.S. government, how, how badly will it affect our society? Because it's, you know, he, he was able to get two Supreme Court justices confirmed. Thankfully, those very conservative judge still ruled appropriately in the NCAA case, but how do they rule when it comes to more, you know, vicious Republican type, type things like the suppressing the vote? Do they say, oh no, that what Texas is doing, willingly and knowingly making it more difficult to vote, that's, that's totally constitutional because like, you know, it, it's a Republican that did it. They'll word it in a different way, the various conservative judges that are on the thing, but it may come to that, where you know we'll let the NCAA, we'll we'll stop the NCAA's from suppressing the rights of college athletes, but you know we're we're not going to reign in the Republican Party quite yet. Hopefully, though, it comes to that. Hopefully, because the laws that the Republican Party are creating right now in various states are unconstitutional. We all know that. It. it Lawyers have to be the one in in a courtroom to kind of explain it in their very sophisticated lawyerese way, but obviously, you know, some stupid law that says no, you have to vote in this particular time at this this particular place, and it can't be, you know, it can't be mailed in. Blah 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 blah. All these restrictions, obviously, they're unconstitutional. The whole purpose is to make it more difficult to vote, obviously, but it's operating fully out in the open.
you know. So, more challenging of this unearned power that these institutions have, I think, is the only way. So, what happened to the NCAA is reassuring, and maybe in the future, such things can start happening with the Republican Party. We're the same type of thing. It, its power gets reined in, where in the federal government it has a true representation. There's probably a solid 30% of the public that loves the Republican Party. That should be reflected in the government. You know, The NCAA, there should be an entity that makes sure that college athletes are eligible to play, meaning they are actually going to class and earning credits as a full-time student or whatever, and that's it. But that's good that there is an entity that does that. There should be an entity that is focused on countering sort of overindulgent government that's maybe worrying about too much stuff. Right now, though, that entity is not the Republican Party. So it, it, it's an organization that got um, overindulgent on power and um, seems to not really care about anything else. Um, so they may have a similar fate of the NCAA if they don't change, where they'll, they'll, they'll lose massive amounts of power because of their unwillingness to let go of any power. You know, um, I may have to come to that. But with the Republican Party, people have to save, you know, if more pe working class people just stop voting Republican, that entity will stop you know, having as much power. The NCAA was a little tougher because, you know, no one can just vote the NCAA out. They were an entity that was just sort of created with no one electing them. And they were still reined in. People can rein in the Republican Party at any time. We just have to do it all collectively. So... Hopeful, but also cautious, alarmed with things, but like, you know, there's reassuring things. There's like the constricting system, but then there's also like, whoa, you know, this one group that for whatever reason we've just been allowing to be suppressed for decades out of tradition now has rights of a greater level of freedom than they did ever. And those are college athletes. While at the same time, Citizens in areas that are led by Republican, you know, state governments are suppressing the citizens of those states' right to vote. So there's kind of, you know, there's an ebb and flow to this system. Good things happen, and then, you know, one step forward, two steps back type thing. But, you know, hopeful, reassuring that... Uh, Things can get better. More people will stop voting Republican. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start having more options for political organizations that will actually represent the interest of the people and not just the interest of big, powerful institutions. But, uh, yeah, it's just going to take a lot more information getting out there and a lot more people just tuning in and caring and, and you know participating in the process and then when they do that to stop voting Republican 
you know, we've got to get as few a people as possible in these next few elections to vote Republican. Um, it's going to be tough because there's still going to be 30, 35 percent that just no matter what, no matter how hardcore fascist the Republican Party goes, and they went pretty, you know, they went pretty extreme under Trump. That was, you know, you know, his, his whole campaign was about building a wall because all, all of Mexico is murderers and rapists. Like it was right out of Hitler and Mussolini and blatant right in the, out in the open. But because Trump was such a kind of an idiot and kind of a clown, it was like it, it wasn't taken seriously or something. But then like massive amounts of time and effort and energy and money spent on this wall thing, a wall in the middle of the desert, just blatant in your face kind of fascism stuff, you know, and it happened fully out in the view, you know, full public view. Um, but there's still to this day, you know, a solid 30, 35% that just love the guy, you know, what, what, what can you do? You know, um, it is what it is, but you know, pe people wake up at different times or different. You know, they can they can kind of come to realizations in different ways. You know, and so hopefully there'll be more people that kind of come to the realization that you know Trump was a fraud. Uh, the Republican Party is a suppressing, oppressive organization that is about greed and power. The NCAA for many years. Uh, was an organization that suppressed the rights of college athletes. And that's what they did under the guise of sportsmanship. But, you know, then people will start thinking about things differently, I guess. You know, what rights do these institutions have to make life more difficult? And what justification do they have? And why do we allow them to do it? Hopefully we'll stop letting them do it. All right. I think I'll call it there. This rambling one might be a little disconjointed today. Apologies. But it's fun to uh, vent out on the various things going on. Hope everyone's staying cool and staying chill. Peace in mind and all that. Stay safe and healthy. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud. <laughs>